0: This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air.
1: Kia ora and welcome to Garden of Sound, brought to you by Go Live Festival, 22nd and 23rd of July in Christchurch. I'm Ian Turner, and this is an action-packed show. Degrees K – with more than a few stories to tell. This is the Garden of Sound interview with Degrees K on Planes FM 96.9. And it's a very good afternoon, uh, gentlemen. I have with me uh, in various studios around the world, um, Ed Castello, uh, Chris Spark and Dean Cameron from Degrees K. Welcome, gentlemen.
2: Thanks. Hi, thanks for having us. Thanks for
1: having us. Awesome. And if Dean sounds somewhat uh, disembodied, that's because he is currently in a basement uh, in Ottawa. That is of his own choosing, uh, fortunately. (laughs) It's not one of those weird kind of internet things. Um, and one of the reasons why um, we've gathered you guys together uh, today is come 23rd of July, I believe, Saturday, 23rd of July, you will be taking to uh, some part of the Christchurch Town Hall uh, for the Go Live Festival. I think the, the first question for you as Degrees K, when was the last time you played a gig in Christchurch?
0: It was It was after I'd finished in the band. Uh so this lineup. Yeah, you guys had, had
3: you seen had you seen um Degrees K with Oscar Oh, we played at the wine uh, not the wine cellar, um uh at Littleton, Wunderbar. The Wunderbar. Ah. But with with Chris
1: uh-huh.
3: as this lineup uh-huh. uh as a three piece lineup it would have been two thousand and two. Wow.
1: Yeah. Okay, yeah. so yeah. some some twenty years when- since Twenty years yeah. since we've had the since we've had the yep. pleasure. Um, we will get to the various permutations and combinations and lineups and mm. disappearances and um, uh, reappearances and so on. Um, I'll start with um, I'll start with you, Ed. Um, have you got yep. a first first memory of music in your life?
3: The Greatest American Hero theme uh, song. Um, could you give us give us a couple of lines? I'd love to hear. Look at what's happened to me.
1: Come twenty third of July, I would love yeah. a uh, just at least sixteen bars of that.
3: Maybe that could be a stage entry song.
1: Um, so from from television, did you spend a lot of time in front of the TV or the radio?
3: No idea. It was just something that maybe it, it, maybe I saw a a blonde, curly headed person, um, and that's kind of what I was like when I was a child and yep. it was a superhero and it yes. was probably a la mode of um, for for kids of that <laughs> um, uh, time so
1: yeah okay you're you were in and you were away what about you D yeah. um, first musical memory for you
2: I think my first tape that I ever bought was Queen greatest hits wow. number one okay and I, and I still remember going through that and I also remember Recording a lot of videos uh, as a kid and watching them at, at night time. Was there any aspiration um, from you
1: to play at that point?
2: My brother was a bass player and uh, he used to play in local Irish bands. And um, and then I started to really get in, involved through his kind of his vibe, his movement. Mm. So um, he, he was like about seven years older than me. So, you know, he lived in the sleep out. And uh he was playing his playing his bass and so forth and um and so he was always quite influential in that case. So yeah, experiences through that.
1: Um what about you, Chris? Was it always drums? Apparently. My dad said
0: he used to play like Pink Floyd and Sibelius and, uh, um, the electric light orchestra to me when I was in the womb. So okay. I got mum to sit in the middle and turned up the sound and stuff. I don't remember that. Uh, but, f- but my first actual memory was I did have a like toy drum kit, uh, when I was, and I can only just remember it cause I was really little. Um, but I, I destroyed it with some toy sledgehammers, which was a shame cause it was a lot of fun. Then I went to guitar, but I was useless at that. So I went back to drums again when I was about 13.
1: Mm. So. What about um uh, instruction for you guys? I'll, I'll stay with you, Chris, for a second. Um, drum teacher.
0: I um decided when I went to high school I was going to take up either the drums or the saxophone, mm-hmm. and I decided to take up drums, um, which I'm pleased about. But you know that's all good. Yeah. And then there was a drum teacher there who was an old like pub rocker uh, who taught me how to play like eighties um. Uh, David Lee Roth songs and stuff and uh, he was great and so I had him and then I had another guy later on and then I went to jazz school and focused in on I got more and more passionate about drums and went to jazz school and focused in on drums at that point
1: Ed, what about you? When was the first time you either picked up an instrument or opened your mouth and had the adulation of the people going "ooh"?
3: Well that goes back to my uh, other answer before with the greatest American hero Uh, thing I used to sing that and um, one of my earliest memories is sort of at a family get together, you know, being asked or just remembering being, you know, standing up on the, on the armchair and and singing that. So I guess it was, it was voice. It was singing that I got into first. And then I had piano lessons when I was little a little kid that didn't last very long. And then same as Dean, my brother, older brother who was seven years older than me was very influential. And, you know, when I hit sort of 14, I sort of grabbed the, Cruddy uh, nylon string guitar yep. from the music department, and started bashing away on that. What about you, Dean?
2: I think I picked up the guitar around about eight years old, um, playing cowboy chords and so forth. But uh, to be honest with you, you're probably looking at the you're playing uh, looking at the teacher right here. Eddie uh, taught me most of my what I learned on bass guitar.
4: Yeah, really.
2: I was a keen person in the crowd when uh, eddie was in a band called android mm-hmm. and uh and suddenly the bass player decided to go and do different things with android yep. and uh and then eddie was like oh check out this guy i could a good friend of ours and he said oh let's uh let's get involved in bass and i said mate my brother plays bass i play a little bit of guitar and um just just give it a go and so what happened is uh eddie started to teach me some of the Songs on bass, and then the rest of history, really.
1: So, w- were you living in the same area at this point, or how did the how did the connection? This is where I'm getting to for the three of you, at least. Where did this, where did your come together? Chris and I met uh,
3: at high school through uh, through Rockwest. Chris yep. was at Rangiora High, I was at Ashburton uh, College, and um, we met in 1996 at Rockwest. We all hit it off, everybody in the two bands, and then we started um, putting on gigs in 1997, we started putting on, we put on about four gigs, I think in 1997, mm. out and um, one in Ashburton, a couple in Ashburton, a couple in Rangiora, we would hire, I don't know how we did it, I don't know how we got the keys to the mm. hall, but we would hire friggin', you know, like Sefton Hall, um, hire, hire a PA, yeah. we, we were like 16, 17 year olds, I don't know how the hell we did it, but yeah. we would put on gigs, Yeah. hundreds of kids would come. And that all pre-loaded. It was huge. Eh? <laughs> it, was huge. <laughs> it was huge. And I don't know how we <laughs> it was did narrative. it. And that's how Chris and I met. And then decided we would go to both go to jazz school in 1998, first year out of high school. And um, some of our friends group were going to Teachers College. That's where Dean came into the picture because Dean was going to Teachers College. So through those friends, we met Dean, mm. and we all kind of connected through this one. Uh, flat on the corner of um, Hanson's Lane and Blenheim Road, yeah. is it?
4: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Blenheim Road. And, um,
3: yeah. and we all... There's about six people six. in there, I think. Six yeah. Six people living in there. It's probably not there anymore. Somebody had yeah. a drum kit and yeah. we all, we would just jam and socially experiment. And that's how the band came together, really.
0: Mm. Okay. I had designs on getting a, it in a band and being in a band with Ed from... First time I saw Android, but he didn't know that. So that was later. So okay. that was
2: <laughs> I still remember going out and supervising at those gigs. Like you guys put on those gigs. Um, I think it was out at Rangiora and I remember supervising and yep. being part of that and like collecting cash and stuff. Even at that time you guys are still doing those gigs.
0: Yeah. The last and, of those uh,
2: before yeah. making that before yeah, it the last of it, right? Mm-hmm. And then, like before making <clears> that transition into playing in pubs and so forth a yeah. lot more. Um, mm. It was pretty cool.
1: Just to make sure, when did the uh, the three piece degrees K ninety nine? Okay, late ninety nine, I think. It was this this kind is the mid, three of you. I think
0: it was kind of mid ninety nine, and yeah, oh, because I've got a couple of things that happened in my head in, in that year.
1: Uh, so, two of you at jazz school, uh, and Dean, you were at teachers college. What was the plan? Yep. Was there a plan? What did you want to do? Did you have dreams, aspirations?
3: I think we wanted to. Take over the world musically. <laughs> so we we just wanted to Yeah, play we were, we were young, good, eh? Yeah. yeah. We had aspirations. We were hungry. Mm. We were we were earnest, you know. It was the you know, the time you know, rock music channel Z was happening,
4: mm-hmm.
3: you know, bands like Good Weta. Shirt, Pluto, wetter yeah. Tadpole, yep. you know, everything was ripe. For, for the picking, you know, and, yeah. and South Island bands are always very different. And now, you know, I still think that, you know, living up here in Auckland and, and, and what seeing the bands that come out of Christchurch um, that they are a bit different and they, they don't adhere to the sort of strict sort of um, sound or look and, and, and sometimes that really benefits them. And, and sometimes it kind of misses the mark. And at times we were probably in both of those both of those
1: camps. <laughs> at the peak of uh, Christchurch, at least, who were your who were your contemporaries? Who were the folks you were playing around
2: with?
0: So, Clown Dog and Clown or- band called Clown Dog and a band called Orchid were um, two bands that we were hooked in with really early. We went on a tour called the Three Piece All Stars when we were a three piece, and they both were. And we went around New Zealand. That was one of our earlier tours, and um, we were close with them all the way through. Um, but later on, other bands started coming up and. Sort of jumping ahead, I guess you might say, like Slim and yep. that that were uh, had been around in various forms. But they started getting profile, and we yes. we uh, we would get to play with them sometimes. And Mountains um, uh, of Murray, who I've talked to you mentioned before, were around later in that picture, and, and uh, other Heavy Jones trio and others as well. I'm probably forgetting a bunch.
3: Slipstream, mm-hmm. yeah. we used to play with Slipstream. Yeah. yeah,
1: okay. Um, Substandard. There was, Fuse,
3: there was there was Fuse as well, right? Yeah, Fuse. Good old,
1: yeah. Fuse. Good old Fuse. Good old Joel Scott. Greg Dave Yeah the yep. whole team.
3: Um, they were kind of like they were kind of like we used to really look up to Fuse And I mean like somebody oh. being 3 3 years or, or 4 years older than you when you're you know 21 yep. 20 seems like a lifetime. Yep. We were front row and, and at all of their shows and stuff like that. Yeah. Um yep. yeah they were they were pretty pretty instrumental for us.
0: Ed did a um a thing with Scott at one point where we were doing gigs and one of our our gigs we titled the Scott Mason Long Tie Challenge because they were having like a <laughs> front man competition about who could have the longest tie. Okay. And, and that, that made us feel good because we love that band.
3: <laughs> yeah, he 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 would he would rib rib us because we would we used to dress, you know, like I've seen uh, a couple Dino of business and
1: shirts and photos.
3: Yeah, yeah, you know, like but it was like the, the days of the $2 filler bag, and, yep. you know, Sally's yes. and, you know, yep. and, and, and you'd come up with great stuff that you just won't find, you don't find anymore,
2: Um Or a crushed and, um,
1: velvet jacket from Tasman exactly, Traders exactly. or something. Oh,
3: exactly.
1: yep. Tasman, Traders. Tasman, Tasman Traders. uh Tasman
2: Traders. What was the band before Die, Die, Die? Uh, they called themselves as well. Uh, and they used to come up and travel a lot. Remember that? Yeah.
0: those, those Carriage H,
2: H, Carriage Carriage H. H. Carriage H. Carriage H.
0: Okay,
1: that's one that I haven't heard. Look, yeah. it is time to play some music. Um, influence, at least. Um, I have the name Shihad. Would you consider Shihad an influence in your sound? Uh, well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I
0: think so. Yeah, they were <laughs> Okay, they, good. Well, they were a band that Ed, I think partly introduced me to Shihad. I remember going to a, uh, the Burning in the Lights this um, th- this. A big concert that was there, and Silverchair were there, and that. But Ed said, "You know, watch out for She Had Not Heard." A little bit, Mm. um, but this is incredible. And these guys are from New Zealand, and they're as good as anything I've ever heard. Uh, So for me, that was massive.
1: Yeah. Uh, What track are we going to hear from John of the Boys? Uh, Bitter. Cool. All right, here we go. She Had Bitter.
3: your winter with go live christchurch's winter music festival friday july 22nd and saturday 23rd at the christchurch town hall over 18 artists live across two nights on five stages get your tickets now at premiere.ticketech.co.nz
1: this is the garden of sound interview with K. At Plains FM 96.9 FM. I'd have to ask. Yeah, I know. It's great, isn't it? Sorry, you can't see that on the radio, but um, Ed is dancing to that. Um, uh, why degrees? Is it degrees Kelvin or something more than that? Yeah, I
0: think that was my fault, wasn't it? Yeah, I think that was my fault. Yes. So Yeah. So my my dad, like me, though I don't always like to admit it, is somewhat of a geek. And um, and he thought we should call ourselves degrees calvin because it was kind of interesting I, I might have liked the word degrees i can't what's remember. your dad's first name uh, my dad's first name is malcolm
1: okay yes well at least it wasn't degrees malcolm
0: no 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 well yeah no, that's right uh but <laughs> because of the scientific thing and various things and um we were i think we we kind of had a temporary name that was never going to be the permanent thing and we just needed a name for for a gig i think and in the end it was something that we yep. could be happy with
3: Yep. i think is, is that fair boys yeah that's completely fair. Yep. we had yeah. We, yeah. we got to, we got the band together and um, we started we started playing we, I don't even think we had that many songs and then through Dino, um, we got asked to play with a group called Debris in Wellington and we were like, well, we've got a gig in Wellington at Barbadega. Um,
2: that's right. We've, we've that never mark. played
3: outside of Christchurch. Mm. We've got to, we've got to do this. We've got to take this opportunity. So, what are we going to call ourselves? And um, yeah, Chris, Chris said, "What about degrees gay?" And we just went, "Well, sure." And that's then right. we went and did the gig.
1: Yeah, amazing. Yeah. So, how was that gig?
2: I remember um, knowing about the the manager of the bar. Uh, he was very strict on making sure that you had to be there dead on time. Otherwise you missed your sound check. Yep. And it was brutal. And it was, I I think he's kind of like a well-known name. I don't know. I'm sorry guys. Um, it's not pulling it out now, but he had worked in the local record shop there. Yeah. And he, and I remember him coming down and making sure that you were dead on time. And we were really nervous because we were coming from Christchurch and this was a big deal. We had, you know, it was a gig in Wellington. It was the big capital and, you know, we had to strike a strike a pose and, and be right there and be on it and uh, we had to be on time and we were really nervous about it. I still remember that.
1: How rock and roll did things get when I think about being punctual for sound checks <laughs> and such?
3: As I said before, like, you know, like we had, you know, we had dreams and um, we were on the more sort of earnest side of, of things <laughs> and... I think I think you know we wanted to do things well. We took sound checks seriously. Yep. You know, some of us might have you know enjoyed the trappings of um, you know being in a band you know more than others. We didn't party like really hard, you yeah. know. But there were degrees know, we,
0: of partying, but none were at that end. Yeah.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. We'd stay up late. Like Chris. Chris doesn't. Chris doesn't drink, or he yeah. didn't back then. I don't yeah. know about now. But that didn't stop Chris from. Chris is a very, very social being, and he would be staying out uh, as late as us yep. and talking. Um, he would just want to be talking to everybody, yep. you know, like. The conversation so, like, got more interesting
1: as the night yep, went on. Yeah. In doing some research for this interview, um, which is an occasional thing, um, and listening to one of your songs, and you will be able to tell me which one, because um, I haven't been familiar with your oeuvre. Um, yeah. And there's every possibility that I have seen you play live um, back in the day. There was a name Adam Murphy mentioned. Yeah. I managed to find him on Facebook <laughs> as you do. Uh, and I said, are you the Adam you And he went, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, uh, <laughs> and he said, um, ask them about the
3: Roxton set. There you go. That, that was just a group of friends. Adam was one of them. Um, we had a, a really great flat, looking back on it now, um, on Roxton Terrace um, in Brindwa, and it backed onto a little stream. And it was just a house that um, we, w- we were playing in the band. A lot of songs were written there.
2: Six, Six of be- us. Six, Six of us were living there. Yep.
3: And um, and it was just a very... Um, Formative time for us to be living there, uh-huh. and uh, Adam Adam was one of them. Yeah. So that's where that line uh. came from, and that that song "Worth It" I think is written sort of all about uh, about living there, and and um,
0: even the hair clips and business card, cl- busy hair clips and business cards under the under the mattress was that room, right? That room.
3: I didn't yeah. I didn't have a bed. It was just a mattress and a, and a sunroom.
2: Oh man, we had yeah. some great stories. Like the landlord would try to come up. To the to the house, and Eddie shouldn't really be there. Um, oh, and right. it, it, he was living in the conservatory, and basically, what would happen was that the landlord would turn up and we'd just like turn his bedroom into this like living room all of a sudden, you know, we'd like put all the um, all the double bed and stuff up in the back, yeah. And um, that's where all the business cards were, right? And all the hair clips and everything, so, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, and so basically, um, the house was a real great party time, it was fantastic, and uh. And there was a lot of um, creativity that came out of that. But it kind of segues actually to the, um, I know that Chris is fond of this time too, is that we actually used a part of my uh, my dad's journal room. He, my dad was the principal of the school and there was this journal room that we would go to to jam. And in that jam room, we would always take, um, it was in a school, and that's where we wrote quite a lot of our songs, actually.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, all the earliest ones. And, and, yeah. and, we and we were surrounded by these like journals from like year one, year two, year three, year four journals. And it was quite a crazy little environment that we would stick in there after school hours. And it was between what? It was between like eight to 11 at night.
4: Mm-hmm. And it was
2: in school. And, and we would just jam out there twice a week. And we put all our stuff into it. We would have two cars. We would like set up a full drum kit, set up the full bass rigs, the full guitars, everything, and even the vocal PA, right?
3: Mm. Yeah, yeah. And we would fit it all in, it. in into your mother's Honda Civic and <laughs> whatever Chris was driving, whatever hatchback
2: yeah. Chris was driving. And, and we wrote we wrote a lot of our songs from our, our first album on Life Like in the in the, in the EPs in that room. Mm. Yeah, and there's a lot that came out of that room. For sure. mm.
1: So from what I have picked up And again, it's all about the segues really uh, I'm still thinking about Greatest American Hero uh, On stage yeah, I can't believe it myself Anyway <laughs> yeah. um, Talking about the segues There's a couple of tracks on Life Like, And again on Children um, of the Night Sky Where you have re-recorded Songs yep. How many songs did you have? Did you not have many songs? Or did you just want to do them better and better?
3: We had heaps of songs. Um, we so had songs. our initial recording session that we did, I think we did about 18 songs. Wow. And fr- from that, we had our two EPs and our first album, Lifelike. Yep. And then after those were all done, we had another 18 or 20 songs. And then when we moved to Australia, we we demoed all of those. Uh-huh. And then through the machinations of trying to work out a better recording some of the ones that we had already done still shone through sure. and um because it was you know we were introducing ourselves to another audience it didn't really matter and yep. we kind of reconciled any feelings that we might have of being against that through recording them again and changing them slightly and working with a, a producer and yeah
1: so for children of the night sky you're with. Uh, group called Aloha Recordings. Yeah, There was
0: there was our, our management uh, and our um and they, they basically had a little label that, that it was recorded through. Um and they were we got put in touch with them through She Had. So they were She Had's management in Australia at the time. Mm. They came and saw us and I think they loved Ed. Uh, yeah. And they, um, oh, what's they, not to love? <laughs> and and they, uh, and so yeah, they they kind of financed that first recording, and and we we worked through them. That's right, that one, the recording in Australia of Children in Night Sky. Yeah. We worked
1: through them. So yeah. you were based in Sydney uh, when you moved moved over to us, and what was the what was the reasoning? I can imagine, but you may have had different reasons for wanting to go there.
3: Like any band in New Zealand in the early two thousands rock band you you wanted to get out of wherever you 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 were living you know and a lot of the new zealand bands that were moving overseas were going to melbourne Mm. and for good reason they they had they you know around that time they had a butt ton of venues and a lot of bands were doing really really well over there the dadsons were touring you know um through there and she had Fur patrol and we we just didn't want to, our, our thinking was we just didn't want to be another Kiwi band moving to Melbourne, but we didn't want to yeah. like move to Auckland. And I guess we hadn't thought as far we didn't, you know, going further than Australia was a bit too crazy. Mm. And so Sydney, it was, I think we had already been to Sydney. We, we had played a gig there. We had played with a band from Sydney in Christchurch called Knievel and we had made a couple of um, connections there and so we just followed up where where we were sort of going.
2: No, I think uh, I think from seeing that and going and playing there and seeing the music scene we were just really happy to to put ourselves in a new a new city and get vibed up and, and excited and the Kinevil was just fantastic music and and the people are behind it and the energy was just great and we just felt that, you know? And so we just yeah, like saying what eddie was just saying just then it's like we just didn't want to fall into that category of going into melbourne and uh and then just uh and being down there with everyone else every yeah. other kiwi band and we wanted to really try something in sydney and then you know as we got into australia you know uh we could see that we were touring around and and there were other great scenes in other cities too you know yeah. and uh it, it was it's was good
1: I want to talk more about the uh, actual recordings themselves and the creation of the songs, but we are going to hear another piece of music and this is a fave. Um, It's from Betcha Duper. Have you, have you played with these guys? Yeah, we did. We, um,
0: they were uh, in Melbourne at the time that we're in Sydney. Mm -hmm. Uh, We played with them earlier in that, met them at a, at a new year's Eve concert in uh, Nelson, which was fantastic. And they were great that night. Uh, And, uh, they were a bit younger than us, <clears throat> but they were obviously uh, making making waves. Yep. Uh, so, but we we got to tour, uh, play play a number of shows with them, uh, particularly in Melbourne, that were just really great. and They were great guys, uh, and so uh, yeah, it was it was a bit of a it was a bit of a connection. They also dressed very sharply, a lot like Ed and uh, and Benno.
1: Fantastic. All right, we're going to hear from Betcha Duper. This is Drop Dead. This is the Garden of Sound interview with Degrees K on Plains FM ninety six point nine. Um, your most recent album was a little while ago, Children of the Night Sky. Um, and there is a couple of couple of tracks that you'd written um, a while before actually putting this this album out. What's the what was the general writing process apart from pouring your heart and soul into those journal room sessions?
3: It usually started with the riff. Yep. I mean. It would start that, and and that's yeah. how we tuned them out. Like, I'd love to say, oh, we were a, we were a song-based band, and and Eddie wrote a song, and it was all you know, all about the lyrics and stuff. But that's not really how it was with us. You know, our music was quite quite muscular and quite rhythmic, and um, so it always started with 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 a bit of a riff yep. and then how chris would you know relate to that and what it, what he would put down on it and then dean's um input was always very um very harmonic and it would make it like i listen back to a song like worth it now and if i just play my part it's all very just it sounds very one note the whole way through mm. and then when you add dean's part yep it's the counterpoint and that's where you get the song so it would always start with the riff and then we would just we would just roll that for for hours we were happy to just loop sections for hours yep
0: so I might be Eddie's biggest fan in the world, but I, I, I always, pretty much always loved it. But he would always write one verse in a chorus and then never write a second verse. So yep. then when we came to recording... Oh, that's reasonable. I, I love it. There you go. Right.
1: All the way. <laughs>
0: and so yeah. at, at time to record, he's like, man, I've got to get a second verse. So, yeah. <sighs> but
1: okay, can I ask this question? Bloody hell, Shakespeare wrote 132 or they about sonnets. They don't all have to be verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, chorus.
3: I look back at those those writing sessions Checking. and 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 D- dino and i have talked about this since since we've been in the band and it's like we thought we were working like really really hard mm. um and to a degree we were but we weren't working hard enough hard enough yeah. to um to to really take the band as far as it could have gone and okay. i don't mean like we could we should have been you know because sometimes we were practicing like two times a week you know and i don't mean practicing two times a week but but me as a songwriter i could have been i should have been like writing so much more than i was and and i was i just you know maybe i wasn't an undiagnosed add or something and my attention deficit or something i should have just been much more focused on writing so many more lyrics and and maybe that was a down one of the downfalls of the band.
2: So that's a... what I
3: should say to, to young writers is just just keep writing, keep writing, keep writing, and refining.
2: I'm just bouncing off Ed there, and then we were pretty caught in understanding our sound. You know, we were we worked really hard to sometimes not accept a good pop song, and we really wanted to change that a lot. You know, we wanted to mm-hmm. mix it up a little bit and uh, and play around with our sections and make sure that. Um, things were just a little bit on the edge, you know, they weren't just, you know, sitting there for everyone to be able to pleasantly hear, but there was something that was on the edge and we worked hard at that, you know, um, period of time. And sometimes we didn't listen to feedback, you know, Mm. as much as we could have, uh, in some places. Um, and, and that was a big eye opener for us, you know, when we're getting into the studio with producers and, and different engineers and so forth and listening to feedback, um, um, that was a big that was a big piece to the algorithm, right?
1: Mm. A few years down the track, how do you feel about the music now?
0: i I still really love it. Like I look back on um that music and listen to it, and i it still uh, gives me an energy and uh, things, and I'm still very uh, pleased with with what we made. Uh, i do I do think some of the things that that idea that there's often a combination of edge, and sort of release that is uh, that makes for great music. And sometimes we lived more with more of the edge and less of the release. Um, but I, I I I don't look back on it and think I wish we did it differently. Um, and I the other thing that I personally love about it is the the variety across. And which is a bit me, I, I have an eclectic musical taste. But the variety across mm. it, uh, I really enjoy. Dean,
2: I love it. I love the fact that uh, the energy that we have is a as a three piece, as a four piece, as a group. We're just totally like the live environment. You know, I can get stuck in the studio and so forth, but that live energy, I just visualize it. And uh and we're a great live act. Yep. Like we are able to engage people for that good solid hour and just have a great time and just and just see solid solid music that we're excited about and that we're into and uh and I love it. I love it. And it's really great to 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 connect with that. And I connect with it often.
1: Yeah, Ed. Before you answer about what you think about the music, because I'm hoping that you think we did the right thing and didn't just make pop music. Um, where have you taken your vocal influences from?
3: Back then, back then it was uh, I was on a huge um, Bucko, uh, Buck, Jeff Buckley. Um, yeah. Bang. Okay. I look back on. I, I listen back to those recordings now, and I remember thinking back back then I was just totally comparing my, as the range. you know, I was like, I'm not singing high enough. You know, I'm not, I can't, I well, can't you, sing. you got some B flats in I there. Oh dude. No. And that's the note that I'm talking about Yeah. As well. and, yeah um, but he was up to E's, G's, Yeah. Almost. And, and now I listen back to it and think, geez, and that's, that's the massive thing that I'm working on at the moment is getting my, getting my range back. Um, for this show and it won't probably be i won't be um you know doing all of the highballs but um i'll definitely be um holding my own yeah yeah on as far as holding my own with my younger self um and i think my i mean i think my tone is better now and I, i'm a, i am a better singer now than i was back then regardless of um regardless of range
1: so um uh, can i just from a very practical point of view um so how much um how much rehearsal um are you guys doing or at least how (laughs) are you preparing considering you're uh, you're all around the world
3: yeah because uh we'll we'll have a couple of days before uh before the show and we've booked some time and we're all coming i'm coming with my young family dean's coming with his young family and we're all sort of in Christchurch for a couple of days and for us it's more, um, it, of course, it's about the technicality side of things, and uh, but it's also about reconnecting as people, and that that goes a long way. And and we've been having AGMs almost, um, almost, um, almost weekly, you yeah. know, and um, yeah. and just we used to live in each other's pockets all the time, and just one thing or another, you go even though we all still love each other and we're still very influential on each other's lives, you just, you just don't talk. And this having this band bring us back together is just so awesome mm. for the three of us. And I think we all agree um, on that. And it was so weird the other day because mm. I was like having this text with um, Chris about the band and then I was like, shit, hang on a minute. What do you think about those Star Wars films that have been coming out over the last three years? You know, because these are things that we would have talked about, yeah. you know, yeah. back in the day. And yeah. it was like, I realized I hadn't talked to him about those things. So it's been really great. Okay. Yeah.
1: Uh, can I ask for a, a track from Degrees K that we can hear now? This, this song
0: Worth It was the song that we mentioned with you. You mentioned to us before with Adam Murphy. Uh, ah, and um, the. Hey, Adam. <laughs> yeah thanks adam uh and the the uh the hair clips and business cards uh so this is one that was written pretty early in our, our uh life together as a band but it stayed um present and kind of relevant and energetic uh through the entire time and it was actually probably the song that got the most i don't know airplay and attention and things yep. as well for us uh and one that we st- oh, i still really love we've as mm-hmm. we've been preparing we've kind of i've been jamming it and things and it feels good and um yeah yeah
1: yeah. all right uh for those that haven't heard it before um you're in for a treat this is degrees k worth it This is the Garden of Sound interview with Degrees K on Planes FM ninety six point nine. Um, talked about go live twenty third of July. Uh, you guys will be coming back together and playing across the two nights at least. Um, have you seen the um, uh, the lineups? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Anyone? Yeah. Anyone that you guys yeah. are excited to see? Evie Jones
3: Trio. Mm, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Emma Dilemma. Yes, Um, absolutely fantastic. All right, guys, we're going to have to um, um, wrap it up there. Um, We do have time for one more degrees K track. Probably not something off Children of the Night Sky. What can we hear now?
3: Let's hear Wild Animal.
1: Okay. Uh, Why this particular track?
3: It's a little bit. It's a. It's a mellower. It's largely instrumental. Um, It's something that we we will play um, at the reunion, and um, something that I when I listened back started listening back to all of the recordings. I was like, wow, that's that's great.
1: Yeah, that's cool, guys. um, Thank you so much, all the way from Ottawa and um, uh, Barmy during June, Auckland at least. Um, mm. Chris in the uh, the shed at the Garden of Sound. Um, I wish you well. I am so looking forward to seeing you guys play at Go Live Festival. Uh,
0: thanks, man. Thanks,
2: thanks for having us Yeah.
1: track of the week Rock Quest darlings and all round good sorts Coast Arcade are back with a newly recorded version of their fantastic song Tattoo
5: She puts her makeup on Dances like she's 21 Backseat lovers wishing they were young I wish I could tattoo her on my neck to have a It flashes to her face There's a tension between us And I don't know why She's not fading Or separating from my mind And if I could light a match For all the time she say goodbye the situation won't you let me see i want to tell-
1: Thank you very much for tuning in to Garden of Sound this week and thanks very much to Ed, Dean and Chris from Degrees K for being such good sports. You can head to gardenofsound.nz and find out more about Degrees K performing at live Festival on the 23rd of July. In the meantime, keep well, keep listening and keep playing. Enohora.